thank you very much. Honored to be here and very blessed to be here today. Uh, I have uh, known so many Sunset folks over the years, and there are still a lot of folks that uh, are gone this weekend that I had hoped to see, and it just kind of works that way, but I'm honored to be here. Uh, my wife, Lee, with me this morning. Can I just say, y'all are, y'all are my people. I'm the early crowd person, um, uh, and, and I'm with you here, but I will tell you, we love to joke about this. I'm the morning person. I get up happy. I get up early. I can't wait for mornings. Uh, we always tease a little bit that it usually takes her two cups of coffee before she decides if she's going to be a Christian for the day or not, you know. And some of you probably get that. There you go. It takes a little while. She has had her two cups this morning, so I promise you she's good to go. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew 7. If you got a Bible and want to turn over there, that's where we're going to go. I want to tell you, as we're talking about, Landon did such a good job introducing this morning and leading singing that dealt with being having such a good father. And as I was talk, thinking this week and last week about what lesson that I wanted to just come share with you, um, I couldn't help but think about uh, a simple lesson that just deals with what a great a great, great father that we have. Um, I don't know what kind of father you had, but I want to tell you a little bit, just for a second, very briefly, about my father on this earth. I did not meet my father until I was six years old. Uh, my dad died of cancer very, very early, and I don't remember him. I have no, no recollection whatsoever of my real father, uh, but I, my mom, being a, a widow... I wanted more than anything else as a little boy to have a dad. Uh, maybe if you're, you, you probably can understand. If you grew up without a dad, you get that. I wanted, I had two older sisters. So there was mom, two older sisters, and me. And I needed another man in that house. And I remember a lot of times going around and I'd point some guy and I'd say, Mom, how about him? And she'd say, Hush, stop that. You know, uh, I needed a dad. In, in 1972, my mom met my dad. Uh, you could call him my stepfather, but he has never been a stepfather to me. Uh, he was a widower who had four kids, so that was going to make nine if they came together uh, and were married. And, and they began to date, and they fell in love and uh, I remember in, in the latter part of 1972, even as a six-year-old, being so excited that there was a possibility I was going to have a, a father, a dad, uh, another man in my world. And I remember him sitting down with me. This was a very vivid memory to me. Him sitting down with me and asking me, is it, is it okay if I married your mom? Like that boy was like, yes, you know, you don't have to ask that. And, and we'd talk a little bit, and he asked me, is there anything that you want to say or ask me? And I remember as a little boy being very nervous because there was something that I wanted to ask him, and this was a really, really big deal to me. Very awkward, very nervous. I think maybe even my hands were shaking a little bit. I looked up at him, and I said, Would it be okay if I called you my father? And, and if you know my dad, you know that he thinks everything through before he just answers. He's just well thought out, godly, wise man. And so he paused for a moment, which scared me for just a moment. But he was thinking of just the right words. And I remember, I'll never forget his words. He said, I would be disappointed if you did not. 
boy, my heart was beating. I was excited. And I remember he said, can I ask you something? And I said, absolutely. He said, would it be okay if I called you my son? I didn't have to think near as long as he did earlier. I said, I simply said, I would be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> so here was this man in December 11th, 1972, that married my mom. And can I just tell you a couple of things about him very briefly as we introduce this? From that day forward, my dad raised me and seven other kids, four of his own and three from marriage. He treated us, all of us, like we were his children. He, in his theology, love trumped DNA. Never once was I ever referred to as his stepchild. He was there for me to raise me, discipline me, guide me. He made all our little league games, every sporting event. When I was 19 and preached my first sermon, he drove 60 miles to come hear it, and I flubbed it up terribly. And I thought, I don't know that I ever want to do this again. And he was there to hug my neck and say, that's the best sermon I have ever heard. Don't stop. When I was 22, he was the best man at my wedding. He's been there for the birth of all four of my children. When my mother's health failed, he tirelessly cared for her, for better or for worse. And when she passed... He was there to hug all of the kids, to love on us, to tell us it was going to be okay. Four years later, he met and remarried a wonderful Christian woman, and I got to stand up and be a best man at his wedding. Fifty-one years of my life, my dad has prayed with me, loved me, disciplined me, advised me. And just a couple of weeks ago, I spent time with him. He's still alive, and he hugged me before I left, and rubbed my back and held me, and he said, I, I'm so proud of you, my son. And I said, Dad, I love you. You're a great dad. I had a good father. I was blessed to have a man to love me. I don't know what kind of father you had, but I can tell you, whatever kind of father you had, you have got an absolutely amazing heavenly father. A father that trumps all other fathers on this earth. An incredible father that Jesus is going to go, he's absolutely the best. Whether you had a good father or a bad father on this earth, you don't get any better than what Jesus is going to introduce today going, you got a good father. So if you will, let's read our text. If you didn't bring your Bible, it's all right. I put it on the board for you. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And the door will be opened. And those who, one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil or sinful, we'll talk about that in a minute, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Pretty amazing verse. Pretty amazing text that Jesus introduces and says, let me tell you about another father that you have. In all the competition of fatherhood, he takes home all the prizes. There is no other. And, and I like to think of myself as a good father, that I love my kids, I would do anything for them, but I'm, even, I'm not even close in God's league. 
And Jesus says, if, if I, as a father, feel like I'm a good father, I, I'm, I'm sinful, I'm evil, I'm not even in his league. He is that much better. And if I can love and trust an earthly father who's been so good to me, I can even more so trust a heavenly father who Jesus goes, you got a good one. So I want to share with you four, five, six little quick points as we go through here this morning about what makes him such an amazing, good father and why you should be going, I am glad that I have him. No matter what kind of earthly father you had. The first thing I want you to catch is that he is attentive. He is attentive. Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. In fact, it's kind of a, a text that actually teaches you, continue to ask, continue to seek, continue to knock. And if you continue to do those things, he continues to continually hear you. He's paying attention. And I love that. I love that I have a father, a heavenly father, that has time for me, that hears me, that wants to know what's on my heart, and he cares about things. He's attentive, and I love that. You ever get those phone calls where you're trying to get a hold of somebody and you just want to talk to a real person and you got answer machine after answer machine or whatever it is and you finally get to someone and maybe they say, can you hold for a moment? And it's like, oh my, do you just not know? I want to just give me a few minutes. God has never one time when you bowed your head to talk to him said, can you hold for a moment? I'm so glad that I have a father who rules the universe and yet still has time for his children. He's always listening. He's always paying attention. There's never a time in which he comes along and goes, can you repeat that? I didn't catch that last part. He's always paying attention. It wasn't too long ago that Lee and I were having a conversation. We had sat down for a cup of coffee, and uh, I was trying to answer a question that one of my kids had on on a phone while talking to her at the same time. And she, she, I remember she, her words to me were, you didn't hear anything I just said, right? And I remember thinking to myself, that's a weird way to start a conversation. Uh, I had not because I was paying it. I can't do near what I think I can multitasking sometime. God never says, sorry, I didn't catch that. He's always paying attention, and I love that. Jesus said, I thank you, Father, that you listen to me, John eleven forty one. 41. Absolutely fantastic. Can I tell you another thing that makes God an amazing Father that you have? It's the fact that He is good. He is good. And Jesus says it. He's a good Father. He gives good gifts. You know the verse in the Bible where Jesus said, He specifically said, a good tree produces good fruit. Everything God has created in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, let there be light, it is good. Let there be this, that is good. Over and over and over, everything God creates is good. What does that tell you about God? His character, His nature, He's a good God. And, and you learn that from the first two chapters of the book of Genesis, from the beginning of the Bible. And from there on out, you have to literally interpret the entire Bible through the lens of God's a good God. No matter what happens in this story, God's a, good, God, God's a good God. No matter what happens in my story, no matter what happens in your story, it doesn't change God's character. He is a good father. Bad things happen? Absolutely. Have bad things happened to me? Absolutely. But you know what? It doesn't change the fact that he is a good father. 
It is his character. It is his nature. He is good. Third thing that he reminds me. He reminds me not to be fearful. I love this. Because I think we live in a time where people are scared. Somebody said, and I've never counted it, I don't know that it's true, so I'm not going to quote it as true. Somebody said that there's 365 times in the Bible that says, do not fear. I don't know that, don't know if it's even close, but I do know that it is the number one command of God. More than anything else in the Bible, he says, do not be afraid. And yet, sometimes we're the most fearful people on earth. And God goes, I have this, do not be afraid. And we seem to be people who are afraid of things that God's going, why are you worried about these things? Why are you concerned with these things? God goes, I'm in charge, I'm in control, everything's going to be okay. So I looked up this week some of the biggest fears of Americans. I thought this was good. Biggest fears of Americans. Uh, One of the top fears was terrorism. All right, so here's your chances, all right? I looked up the odds on terrorism. This is, these are keeping people awake. What if we have a terrorist attack? There is a 1 in 138 million chance you will be killed by terrorists. I think your odds are good, okay? Stop worrying about that. I don't know if that's you. That is just a big group of people. The one, number one fear, a terrorism. I think God's over here going, really? You're worried about this? Another big fear that people have, I, I, I just went through and picked some of them out. Uh, shark attack. You go, and the reason I brought that up is because I had some friends who went to the beach the other day. That, you know, they're up in Panhandle people like us. They don't do beach. And they were like, we're not sure we're getting in the water yet. So I looked up shark attack. You got a one in eight million chance that you're going to get bit by a shark. Your odds are good. Get in the water. It's going to be okay. But we're worried about this. We, we skip out on days at the beach because what if there's a shark in that water? Let me give you another one. Here's a good one. Bear attack. Lee and I just got back from Alaska. And, and they were up there talking about, hey, you got to carry bear spray. You got to do this. You got to do this. I looked at one in 2.1 million chance you're going to get attacked by a bear. Our odds were great that we were going to be fine. And we were. And we hiked. But yet we have people that go, oh, don't. I had people send me, don't go hiking without, you know, whatever it is. You be, be careful out there. All right, here's a great one. How about an airplane? How many people don't fly in airplanes? My friend Charlene, I love this lady, but every time she has to fly, she says, hey, I need you to come over to my house. And I say, what for? She goes, i got to fly on an airplane. I need you to pray that that thing won't come down. <laughs> and, and I tell her every time, I say, Charlene, there's a one in five million chance. That a, that, I said, your odds are great. You're going to be fine. And she has every time been fine. And then I told her one time, I said, Charlene, I looked this up. One in five million chance you're fine. I said, but did you know the one in 600 chance that you'll die in a car wreck? And she said, what does that mean? I said, it's the ride to the airport we should be praying about, (laughs) not the airplane. I was just trying to make her feel better. Uh, How about this one, a tornado? We live in Tornado Alley. We don't do a whole lot of worrying. One in four million chance. Here's another one. Earthquake. Those people in California, they laugh at us. Why do you want to live with tornadoes? I look out there and I go, why do you want to live with these earthquakes? They're doing all right, I guess. Then I looked up, what, what really should people be afraid of? I thought, I got to give them in here. Heart disease. You know what that is? One in seven people die of heart disease. And we don't scare that at all. We pull into McDonald's and go, supersize those fries, please. We don't know what risk is. 
We're scared of the things that won't kill us. Here, here's what I want you to get. Here's God, and he sits back, and I have no doubt. He goes, will you quit worrying? And can I just say, if you have a hard time sleeping at night because you're worried about things going on in this world, would you just turn the news off for a while and go to bed? And it'll be all right. Look at number four. We've got to keep moving. Number four, God is a great provider. Ask, seek, knock. Uh, did you catch in the text over here? He gives good gifts. He's a great provider. It, it specifically, Jesus specifically said, which of you, if your son asks for a stone, uh, asks for bread, would give him a stone? If asked for a fish, would give him a snake? I've never one time in my life when one of my teenage sons come in and said, I am starving. Hey, there's, there's rocks in the backyard. I've never said that. I've never said, hey, here's a snake. Who does that kind of thing? I'm a good dad. In fact, my teenage boys, I've learned, I, I still have those, those youngest two that show up at my house sometimes, and they'll go, Dad, I know we had supper at about 7 o'clock, and I ate a lot, but, you know, it's, it's 10 o'clock, and Sonic's still open, and I'm hungry, and I say, let's go get food. You know, I'll feed you as much as you want to eat because they eat a lot. And I'm a good dad, and I simply want to make sure they get everything they need. I, I had one come home the other day, um, Connor. Connor's our third child, uh, and he was home just for a weekend, and I got in his car to borrow his car. He was parked behind me. We went somewhere. I noticed his change oil light was on, and so while he, I was out, I, I went and got his oil change for him because in little children's Texas, man, you can whip in and get that done in no time. Got him fixed up, and later he said, Dad, I noticed you got my oil change, and I said, yeah, and he said, why would you do that? I said, because I'm your dad, and that's what dads do. I'm a good dad, just like you're a good dad, just like you're a good mom. You love your kids. You love your grandkids. You want what's best for him. And here's Jesus who goes, you got nothing on God when it comes to giving good gifts. He provides better than you could ever imagine. Does he give me everything I want? No, but he does give me everything I need. And he gives me those things that no father on earth can give, like forgiveness and grace and mercy and love and peace. Look at number five on our list. We'll just go there. I, just, I could have made a long list. I just thought, I'm going to share a few right here. He, he sees you as valuable. Just a few moments later, Jesus is going to go, as he's trying to tell those people how important they are to God, he's going to go, hey, you see those birds over there? You can buy two of them for a penny. A penny. I, today, we walk around and we see pennies on the ground. Don't pick them up. Sometimes it's because it's way down there and my back's bad, you know, but we'd like to pick it up, right? But here's God going, here's Jesus going, your father loves you so much that he cares about that sparrow that costs a penny. And he says, how much more valuable are you than the sparrows? Jesus paid a price, was going to pay a price, did pay a price, you don't get any higher price than what God paid for you and for me. Took his very, very best and said, I'll offer this to save them. Look at the last one. Look at number six. He wants you to be with him forever. This, this one really kind of really blows my mind a little bit because a creator of the world, the all-powerful, the all-knowing, and he wants me to be with him forever? 
that's really, really beyond my grasp of understanding sometimes to have a God that does everything and wants me to be with Him. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son because He wants me and you to be with Him forever. Talk about a good God. Talk about a God who is so good to us. You know, here in a moment, we're going to have an invitation. I have no doubt if there's something that is in your life that's struggling, hurting, or a prayer request, be honored to pray for you. Maybe you're ready to give Christ your life, give God your life, and go, hey, I'm missing out on the good stuff. Because I don't have a God that's, I don't have a father like this because I'm not one of his children. Don't miss out on this. And here's Jesus saying, if you as, as parents who are, are sinful and imperfect can give your children good gifts, how much more can your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? It's good stuff. Let me just conclude with this thought for a second. Let's wound this up for a minute. God has proven himself faithful in my life over and over and over. He is attentive. He is good. He keeps me from being fearful. He provides. He finds me valuable. He wants me to be with him forever. He's the one who, and really the only one who is good and perfect And he continues to dump good things into my life over and over and over. He's a father that you and I can love and trust. And just like any child, we mess up. I do, and I know you do. We make mistakes. We say things, do things, think things, whatever it is. Sometimes we go, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And maybe you look at God and think this is all way too good to be true. Can I just say that you can come to him with all your needs and all your struggles. Ask, seek, and knock. You can hope and pray, boy, I just hope, I hope he hears me. And he does. And I have no doubt that if you came to God in all your awkwardness, maybe handshaking, and you simply said to God, God, would it be okay if I called you my father? I have no doubt that he would say, I would be disappointed if you didn't. Because he is a good, good God. We're going to sing our invitation at this time. If you need to respond, would you come as we stand and sing together?